Yeah, so I'm a reporter in this book. <laughs> That's me, looking very serious. And mispronouncing Brian K. Vaughn. <laughs> was that on purpose? Was that on purpose? Yes. They're, they're buddies. And he was like, hey, That's Brian, I'm going to kill you in my comic. And also, I'm going to spell your name wrong. And Brian's <laughs> like, That's hilarious. So. <laughs> Are you guys doing pickups? We yeah. are doing pickups. Do you have All pickups, right. Z? Do you want to start? I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna stop my camera. I'm gonna turn around, and just grab. All some right. I'll, I'll let Sean grab some. I'll, I'll keep us occupied a few minutes. All right. I know, but I like the Moon Knight like this on the title. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, no means Jesus. I am like. I mean, no means Jesus. I am like complaining, but very happy for it. <laughs> um, another. <laughs> Did you guys not hear that? <laughs> this goes off the plate. Oh, no, dude, that I, was dead. And who let, who let Simon in this motherfucker? Dude. <laughs> <laughs> so everything wasn't muted, just my camera. But anyway. <laughs> Dude, bro, that was classic. <laughs> I I didn't hear it, but I was talking. Oh, You're listening to Tales from the Flipside. <laughs> What's going on, everybody? Welcome to another Monday night edition of Tales from the Flipside, uh, the flagship on the channel. We appreciate everybody live in the chat. Um, you guys make the show amazing. So thank you for everybody out there. Uh, we have some fun stuff coming over the next couple of weeks. We know, we know the holidays are coming, and uh, we got some fun stuff to talk about for the show. So the whole fam is here. We got Z, we got Dino, we got Paul W, and of course, Nico S. Choir is back from probation, so yeah, yeah. maybe That's maybe maybe you could pull yourself together to do a fucking do a decent show, bro. I'm gonna try to. Uh, it, I, the, I got sav for my puma bite. <laughs> good, good, good. All right, so uh, thank you everyone for joining in. All right, we're gonna get right to the news. I think we just jump right in, right? I think we get mm -hmm. right into the craziness. We uh, we've talked about it. Um, on some other shows, and uh, I don't give a, a flying you-know-what. If you haven't seen it yet, you should have seen it by now. This was unbelievable. The Mandalorian season finale for season two was absolutely amazing. Blew me out of the water. I got two... Uh, listen, Marco gives every, gave everybody shit on a couple of shows for crying. I got two messages from my best friend and my brother that both said basically the same thing. Did you watch the last episode of Mando? I'm crying. It was that good. Star Wars fans, real Star Wars fans, really loved this episode. What'd you guys think? I mean, it was fantastic. I was watching it with my kids, and they were all thrilled. It was exciting. We're watching the lightsaber come through, and we're all like, oh, no, that's not who it is. No. <laughs> 
I mean, Brian, as a as a Star Wars fan, didn't I mean a large, a vast majority of the community was let down by the recent films, and I mean you were waiting for the franchise to be saved, and it's being revitalized in front of our eyes. I don't I don't blame anybody for shedding a tear or two. Like it's not it's it sounds like it's perfect. It is every real Star Wars fan, every real Star Wars fan that down deep that grew up with the Skywalker movies and all that fun stuff wants to see badass Jedi Knight Luke. That's what we want to see. And we thought we were getting it by Abrams. And, you know, uh, my uh, my best friend Keith told me uh, this something that really just made me think about. It. He goes, this makes me more angry at Kathleen Kennedy and J.J. Abrams for screwing that up. Bringing Luke back the way they did and screwing that up, this proves that this is what we wanted. And, and they, they should have listened. And Filoni, Favreau, and Lucas right now are listening. They've been listening hard, and they're, they're giving us what we want. Yeah, for the record, uh, a lot of fans cried um, after the last trilogy, uh, but it was for a completely different reason. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, you know poo-pooing a television series that elicits that kind of an emotional response from fans is, I mean, it's just silly. It's heartless. Uh, it, well, it's immature. It's like an immature critique. Like how dare these fans be so captivated by this content that they shed tears of joy at the end of a season. Like who, what kind of weird uh, sort of response uh, is that? Like, uh, like one nerd bullying another nerd. I thought it was uh telling that it, it's become like a trope um, with Kevin Smith getting, uh, you know, like shat on by people because he's like his uh, Instagram or Twitter responses were, I mean, exceptional to all of it. He's like, I'm just a sad boy. I thought he handled it perfectly. Uh, but more importantly, um, the content was phenomenal. Yeah, yeah it, it, phenomenal. it was telling great stories. Absolutely. They had time to let things mature. I mean, frick, Baby Yoda thing was the strike of genius. Whoever freaking did that, but what if, what if Baby Yoda slash Grogu was always just this? He was a vehicle to get us back to Luke, because the rumors are that season three. So the rumor is that the outline came out about season three, and they they found out. This is just what I've heard. Rumors. Um, but this is how all of it starts, starts in rumors, I get it, that uh, this is the one that I like, that Luke, the season three is going to take place right after the other cool thing at the end of this episode, and it, uh, the Boba's, the Boba's um, Book of Boba is going to run into season three, so it'll be like a four or five uh, show miniseries that will end and, as season three starts, and season three is going to have scenes to tell us like what's up with Grogu and it's going to show Luke with Grogu at the Jedi Academy training him and we're going to see Luke training a young Ben Solo and you know they're trying to figure out who to play Luke and they think they have an idea on on people to play the young Ben Solo and they've they've thrown names out there you guys can go look for that but yeah that's the case um the kid from Stranger Things and about um what's his face Sebastian Uh, Stan Sebastian Stan well, there's been a lot of talk that he looked like Luke forever anyways. Yeah, and, and the fans would love it. I think the fans would be totally okay with it. I, I still think one of the best things I remember seeing after the, the premiere was uh, Mark Hamill tweeting something like, watch anything good today? 
I don't know if that's the right. exact line, but it's something in that realm, and you're like, you. Yeah, it was good stuff. Uh, I mean, it, it like vindicated a character that many felt got uh, a real raw deal. I, I don't know that I can think of a single person who was like, yeah, you know, Luke Skywalker really shook out the way I wanted to in, in those last three films. I mean, I can't think of a single person that says that. So here we go. Uh, Ra- Raider Bear says the wife walked in on me crying and said, what's wrong? I said Mando while sobbing. She said, you're fucked and walked off shaking her head. <laughs> <laughs> That's a beautiful thing. I was going to say, well, uh, even even Mark Hamill wasn't thrilled with the way they portrayed his character. So I think this is a nice nod to keep him involved without saying, I'm done. It's yeah. redemption, man. It's well, redemption. Yeah. My wife was in the other room, and all of a sudden, as I see it happen, I'm like, honey, they got Luke. They got Luke. And she's not a big Star Wars fan, but she's watched them all. And she comes in, she's like, I'm getting teary-eyed, and I don't yeah. care. Yeah, when you yeah. see him just destroying those badass sent, basically like sentinels, right? Those well, things were were just. You saw what that scene was, right? Like they basically recreated uh, the Vader scene. I, I thought the uh, overlay X-wing. was exceptional. The way they did it, I mean, yeah, good. It was really good, and I think that you know, in these, in in at least Favreau and Filoni right now, we trust, right? Uh, and. I think Lucas really had some place he wanted to go and maybe he got talked out of it or you know there's a lot of regret in probably how things happened and I think he's like this is how we fix it and he wants to see you know people love it again and they are they are um all right let's get on to this part which was sweet everybody stayed for the you know after credits and it did not disappoint absolutely amazing yeah um, seeing Bib Fortuna chilling on on Jabba Hut, Jabba the Hut's fucking throne, and he was all you know super overweight and acting, speaking you know Hut, and I loved it. It was cool. So, what do you think lot, uh, we're gonna get of out of the books. show? Yeah, what do you think yeah. we're gonna get out of the show? Well, a lot of spec books. Uh, there's a, a lot of excitement about the Underworld miniseries. A lot of excitement about uh, Boba Fett's daughter, even though uh, you know the age issue. I think uh, is a head scratcher for uh, a lot of people who pay much more attention to uh, continuity than I do. Uh, not because it's not necessarily important, just because I think they have the freedom to kind of do whatever they want if it makes sense. Um, a lot of people excited about that Jedi Academy book uh, for Luke and going back and, you know, you're seeing a spike in, in some of the original Star Wars books now uh, from the Marvel run. That, I mean, you know, after the uh, last nine, eight sale, I think it was $3,000. Um, Z was real close to picking up the 35 cent price variant. I think uh, picking himself in the ass for not doing that. Right, um, somebody talked me out of it and I'm annoyed about it. Wasn't you? No, it was definitely not me. I like that book. Hmm. Remember, we were shopping for it. Um, that happens sometimes, right, Nico? Uh, people talk us out of exceptional books. <laughs> yes. Yeah, that that's happened to me before. I'd like to not talk about that either. <laughs> Source of pain and discomfort. But the point is, um, Star Wars Mania is unbelievable, and. You know, I remember when I first heard people talk about, like, these books are just going into the hands of collectors. And um, I can tell you, 
we've got the best flippers, uh, the smartest, like, comic book eBay people in comics that watch this channel. And, uh, like, I, I know that for sure. Um, and uh, they're not watching the Star Wars content on this channel. I don't know that uh, uniformly across the board they're buying these Star Wars books. I think that original sentiment that a ton of this stuff is going to uh, serious Star Wars collectors and not flippers um, was dead on. And, uh, you know, I, I thought that there was some truth to that. I didn't realize how much truth there was to that uh, because I see these books just disappear and they don't come back up for sale. Uh, we all know what the rarities are and, like, they're not offered. Um, it's real interesting to me. I mean, Star Wars yeah, collectors, because really I, I poo pooed this whole thing. I'm like, ah, Star Wars, ah, it's been dead for generations. Nobody's bought these books, nobody cares. And I continue to like be baffled and just watch it go up and up. And I'm like, where's it going? Yeah. One thing I do want to say real quick, and uh, if you guys aren't following our IG, make sure you guys go check it out it's at Tales from the Flip Side. Um, one of the things that was interesting and, and kind of I, I, I'll go back to it again is uh, if I can find it here, Nico, um, I think uh, where you basically thank Comic Book Invest and say, hey, if you guys you know, don't know about what these lists over there and what these lists did, tell me if you see it and you, you stop me. Um, Right there with the Mandalorian meme. Go down. Right there. That Mandalorian meme. Right here. So, you know, Comic Book Invest and Ben C over there did a real good job at putting these lists together at the right moment. And some people did take a look at those lists. Some people didn't. And I could see those lists blowing up again here shortly, right? Is that an actual quote? Or did you just type that as a joke? <laughs> My man. No, no they... <laughs> Did Abrams actually say something along those lines? Oh, like, no, that's absolutely a quote from him, yeah. Yeah, not the hold my beer thing. <laughs> but, I mean, uh, but like, is it really, or are you messing with me? No, he's that's a quote. Yeah, uh, exactly. Yeah, I mean, the, the truth is uh, Comic Book <laughs> Invest educated an entire community, and they continue to do that. Um, you know, the high-end content on the Tales from the Dark Side podcast is priceless, and it's real intimidating to try to get into Star Wars um, when you don't have years, a, a decade of reading yeah. the comics, uh, you know, watching the Clone Wars, Rebels, and some of the other content. Um, but they've done an incredible job uniformly of making this stuff digestible uh, for people who are novices uh, while not uh, talking down to people who are very experienced. Um, and it's interesting stuff. I, I mean, it's uh, it's worth your time. So um, but if you're curious about this uh, and you don't want to just jump into the deep end of the pool like I did, um, I get it. But if you want to uh, wade in slow, the way to do it is by following the articles on CBSI and watching the Tales from the Dark Side podcast. Yeah, yeah. They did a real good, uh, I think it was our last episode review uh, the other night, and uh, it was a lot of fun. They gave a lot of a lot of stuff away. They had uh, uh, Sticks Boy on there, I believe, last night. It was very, very fun to watch, so make sure you guys go check it out. But anyways, the Book of Boba Fett is a big deal because if you're an old-school Star Wars fan, you know the story of 1313 and how Lucas really wanted to make that. And, you know, this was like... 2005 or 6 I think when that got announced and all of us Star Wars fans were super stoked that we were going to get a major uh, 
channel you know i think it was supposed to be on like one of the major three channels at the time and we were going to get a, a, a bounty hunter show based on you know this level of coruscant where all the dastardly people hang out and if you don't think we're going there you're crazy this is another thing that lucas always wanted to do badly and he's finally getting able to do being able to do it so i want to uh, i want to jump back to nico's thing real quick um tales from dark side the cbsi website their lists it's free content and it's free money if you do your homework and your homework is to sit there with a legal pad and watch tv and maybe take notes and then go to your lcs and dig i mean how how much more easier do you want it to be yeah. so tune in good stuff all right let's this is another interesting thing nico like hey man you, if you had a beer in your hand you could ask somebody to hold it right now thanks buddy yeah so i was uh i was right about this one thank god uh because i ran my mouth uh without knowing for sure um <laughs> which i often do and uh it looks like it's pretty much been confirmed that the rangers of the new republic is not going to be some sort of like ensemble thing for the one girl who looks like a wwe wrestler what's her name uh cardoon Karen gina carano gina carano and um it, it will in fact be a second x-wing uh, series. So yeah, Dino's got the book that everybody wants right now. Well, you want to save it? Yeah, they're yeah. still available for about 50 bucks on eBay. I, I don't know what they're going to do. There's a lot of people, uh, myself included, who would not be real happy if uh, they went back and did the Wedge Antilles story. Um, but who knows? They could do something completely different and there's going to be a film. Um, I think they're going to double down big on X-Wing stuff. And those books particularly are still in long boxes. Um, they're out there. Uh, people just kind of passed over them. I, I got uh, two, man. Yeah, so uh, before they're all gone, I, I implore you, if you think there's no Star Wars books left, there's X-Wing books left. Um, go get them. Yeah. There's Air to Empire books, too. Yeah. We've got, uh, listen guys, we've got some, some stuff to talk about later in the show about how, you know, growing your collection and I, in thoughts and stuff I like about that. So make sure you guys stick around for that. Um, some more news real quick is, uh, the Zack Snyder Robin stuff. Yeah. What'd you guys think of that? Holy crap. Uh, I'm cool with it. I, I that's why I so, love about so Jason want, Todd. Yeah. You want to tell him what happened first? Cause, uh, for those, I'll, that I'll let aware. you go ahead and do that. Okay. So, uh, on social media last night in the wee hours of the night, um, Zack Snyder indicated that he wants to do a comic book with Jim Lee telling the death in the family storyline that is not being told uh, in explicit detail in the Snyder cut. And that they, you know, basically intimating that they've been suggesting, you know, uh, to one another ways that they could theoretically do comics together. Uh, for me, that's a big deal, right? Uh, it means that a guy who is making major uh, big budget films, much like J.J. Abrams uh, did with that Spider-Man book uh, for his son, it respects this medium enough that he wants to come and do work with, you know, arguably uh, the greatest living pencil artist on the planet. Uh, you know, some will disagree, but uh, many won't. Jim Lee. So that's really exciting for me. This is a, a story that's near and dear to my heart. And, um, you know, I, I like the idea of uh, people paying attention to and uh, celebrating 
key storylines instead of you know mashing up characters and doing more like uh, of the sort of drivel that we've seen uh, out of uh, the big two for a number of years now. Yeah, with Joker, Batman, Hawk, or whatever the hell you know. Yeah, Spider this, Gwen, Man. This is uh, a little more easier on the eyes there. Uh, this beautiful, beautiful Christmas card image. I mean, uh, Wonder Woman image. Um. Anyways, HBO Max, uh, Wonder Woman coming December what Christmas Day? So, yeah, it's getting a lot of uh, buzz. Um, generally, when there's a film that gets tossed around and kicked around like this, uh, you hear a lot of negativity about the film from talking heads. Uh, for whatever reason, we're not hearing any of that from Hollywood. Um, we'll talk a little bit later about the cash infusion um, that Hollywood received. Uh, I think this is interesting for me. Um, you know, I got a ton of Wonder Woman books that I'd love to move, um, have been sitting on them for a long time. And I wonder if this uh, film is really well received by our community on Christmas Day, uh, if there'll be some buzz around Wonder Woman comics. Yeah, because a lot of those books uh, are so cold right now that, you don't even want to sell them for what they're selling for. Yeah, right. shout, out, shout out, yeah, shout out Steve Horn in that first appearance of Cheetah. So, and I'll add to your uh, your movie when we talk about the movie things. Uh, we'll talk about Michigan and what's what's that going to bring about. So, what what do you mean? Because um, they just so it's interesting, and I don't know. Oh, I got you. I you know you. if 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 what's going to happen to Michigan, but we'll talk about it. Yeah. Um, all right. Uh, well, WandaVision is, is, is getting closer, right? Yeah, that's um, the big one, right? It's yeah. part two of the Disney Plus project. Um, Mandalorian being part one, knocked it out of the park. It got a rabid fan base, people excited about Star Wars and Star Wars comics in a way that we've never seen. Uh, I want to know if WandaVision will be a shot in the arm for MCU-related comics and uh, do for Wanda and Vision-related comics what The Mandalorian did for Star Wars-related comics. I think the one week at a time um, rollout over the course of what appears to be six weeks is going to be massive uh, for these books and really would encourage people to uh, have them ready, know where they're at if they want to sell them. Uh, because I think people are going to be buying them like crazy. And I don't think that they're just going to disappear. I think a lot of that excitement is going to carry over into Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness. Well, for instance, Monica Rambeau. Uh, this character yes. could be massive, right? Yeah, so that's the one. Uh, thankfully, Z pulled uh, some data for us for the market report. I'm really excited to see how this book's trending. Um, it's one I've liked for a long, long time because I thought that um, – her appearance as an African-American female star center stage, uh, a list, uh, like billing for what has always been a C list character was a big deal. Um, you guys have seen, uh, her appear on that ultimates cover, which is really for a lot of people been kind of a blueprint for where the MCU is going. Uh, looks like she's going to appear in multiple films now from, uh, the Disney 2020 investor day, uh, film, uh, clips that they dropped and um, I'll be I, I, I would encourage you to grab these ones if you get the chance now because uh, I think they're going to just uh, 
quietly disappear as we get towards January 15th. Um, and then when she appears on screen, you know, remember we're the insiders, the people that are going to be buying these books in a frenzy on eBay are not, um, they don't know she's coming like we do. And, she, and she's going to stay. This is the other one. Uh, Absolutely. It's a, it's a little less interesting because it's not as certain. Um, all of the reports are indicating that Agatha Harkness is uh, this character. Shame on me for forgetting the actress's name, uh, but her first appearance is Fantastic 494. Uh, these books are still relatively cheap. Um, you know, I like those early Fantastic Four issues. Uh, if you're aware of um, kind of the history of that character, she babysat Franklin Richards. Um, so it'll be interesting to see if she sticks around uh, and if this is actually that character. Yeah, I, I messaged you the other day because I was listing my Fantastic Four books and came across a blip like, wait, there's another issue worth anything? <laughs> I mean, it's once like, you get, once you get past like a certain variant, number, right? it's like a dead zone, you know? I, I would have 100% put it up for 10 bucks and been like, oh, that went fast. So do we think that the, we're, we're, that's going to change here anytime soon where Fantastic Four books might be no longer skippable in you know the Fantastic Four section with the new movie? Yeah, it's they'll hard. be less skippable, but... <sighs> I think there's going to be run collectors. It's a monster run to put together, but so is Amazing Spider-Man. Yeah, you know uh, who's a run collector on Fantastic Four is our boyfriend, Google. For example, yeah, and, mm. uh, you know... We are in a first appearance uh, kind of comic market, right? Um, so the question is, will the first appearances of uh, characters that appear, you know, after issue 100 start to pop? Will people start to pay attention to those B and C list characters within the Fantastic Four? I don't know the answer to that. Um, you know, Frankie Ray, for example, has a mild amount of heat, but not much. Um, this one's a, another one that's starting to move. I really like that color variant as uh, kind of like a, a longer term play. I think that book's going to get a lot of interest. Um, there was a cheap copy that sh popped up on eBay that I forgot about until right now. I should probably buy it if it's still there. But it's probably I didn't see gone. it if it was. I've yeah, shit. I think um, I think as far as Fantastic Four goes, unless I'm mistaken, all they announced was. Marvel's for Marvel's first family is coming back, right? That's all they announced, or am I wrong? No, there was there's no video, uh, no casting information. Yeah. Just kind right. of, they didn't tell you if it was going to be a TV show, a film. Right, if right. we're going to throw them in something else. Yeah, yeah. they just so, just gave you the hint. I yeah. bet they don't even know right now. They probably they may not. But what I'm what I was getting at is so as far as Fantastic Four goes, it's not going to be a run. It's going to be on. It's going to be like everything else. It's going to be based on spec, rumors, and then trailer, and you know, official casting, yada yada, blah blah. Or maybe, maybe three, maybe five issues pop based on that. So I'm not sure if the run collector is really the thing to chase. If depending on where you sit, but if you're banking yeah. on Disney Plus, it's going to be I'd say three maximum five issues to invest in based on rumors, then based on actual news, based on casting, based on trailer, the usual formula. Well, you got to think that the first 40 or 50 issues of that book yeah. created so much of the Marvel universe. Yeah. You're way underestimating that. And uh, 
I, I wasn't, I'd never suggest anybody be a run collector, my God. Uh, but I like to sell books to run collectors, as does anyone with any sense. Um, you know, so if you can pick up giant lots of that crap for nothing, uh, I don't know if that's a bad buy. But I mean, you know, everybody from uh, Doctor Doom to the Inhumans to Black Panther, I mean, it's just like major first appearances. And then the minor first appearances are huge money. Um, there's just a Franklin ton. Richards. Yeah, I love that book. Uh, it was the first appearance of Annihilus. Yeah, I guess I guess maybe what I was getting at is maybe hold a little bit until you know where to narrow your focus oh, yeah. for for Fantastic Four, or at least hundred percent. Yeah, now the rumors are you. Yeah, I agree. Not now is not the time to sell FF books. It's not the time to sell X Men books. But is it the time to buy based on just maybe this would be if I were the producer, this is what I would do. They might be the lowest you're going to see them for a while right now. It's, it's already too late to buy FF1. It's already too late to buy FF5. I mean, a lot of those books have just gone crazy. Uh, the Doom Origin issue, which is like a, a giant size book, is huge money. It's uh, mm. FF Annual number one. Um, that, you know, anyway, uh, there's, some, there's some cool books. I, I think a lot of them have room. But trying to get in at the right price, there's not many steals or deals to be had this late in the game. Yeah. Yep. All right. Here's another interesting real quick thing. Well, not real quick thing. We're going to probably get a little bit deeper into this. And, uh, you know, we've been talking about losing losing that uh, movie theater Americana you know, thing that we all grew up with, that generations all grew up with, and how we don't know if we're <laughs> going to get them back like, you know, they ever were. But... Look at that Tron image, Jesus! Yeah, it, it, <laughs> fifteen billion and eight is is very interesting. It's very interesting to see that. I don't know what I feel about that. How do you guys feel about that? I, I'm speechless because I just don't go to the theater. It was never my thing. Bef- let's just I'm gonna throw I'm gonna say 2018 because 2019 maybe is too close. So I'll say 2018. I I go to the, I went to the theater for Logan. And Avengers Endgame, and that's really the last two that I really remember. But that, maybe I'm an anomaly. It's just I don't go head. either, dude. I, I went to like for like two two movies too. So. But but my LCS, you know, is really awesome, and they're um, they're offering really cheap tickets to see Wonder Woman 1984. So I'm going to go on the 27th, and it's I think they're running out a whole theater, but they're limiting it to 20 people. Um, but for me, it doesn't mean anything personally, but it doesn't mean I don't want to see them come back because of just what they are, what they stand for. I think theater is, I don't know, it's, I, I'm hesitant to say secondary to, you know, baseball, like an American classic, drive-ins to, to, to sit-ins or whatever you want to call it. I don't know. What do you guys think? I don't know if, if if the theaters are something. There's I feel I hate to say it, and I'm I don't want theaters to to die off, but I feel like there this money should be spent somewhere else right now. Yeah, I want to apologize for uh, even suggesting the slide. I, I thought I was really explicit with like let's not fucking talk about the politics of all of this shit because Lord knows I don't have real popular opinions about corporate welfare, but. Um, the reality no, no, is that I, happened, I, they dumped $15 billion into uh, what they've described as independent theaters. I, I don't know. You know, I haven't read the legislation uh, to see exactly what that means. 
but that kind of influx of cash into uh, theaters and the movie industry generally, I think is good for the nuts and bolts of our hobby because movies sell comics, comics sell movie tickets. And that's, uh, you know, what I really wanted to kind of focus on. Well, yeah, hundred percent. No politics. I'm not, I didn't want to go there. If I was the one who made you say that, I apologize. I Googled just now average movie screen size. Google says typical movie screens range in size from 30 to 90 feet wide by 10 to 30 feet tall. Paul has one that big in this house. Right. You don't. Nobody <laughs> does. That's oh. why you go to the theater or IMAX. If you, if you have one near you, you're paying for the experience. You're paying for the size of the screen, the sound, the baby crying, the person on their phone, the people talking. Sorry, you're paying for all of that. That's part of the experience. I don't want that to go away. Even if I only go twice a year, I don't want to. I would rather pay 40 bucks twice a year than pay to have a, a 30 to 90 foot wide screen on the side of my house. I, it's just, I don't know. It's a nostalgia I will say thing. This. I don't know. What do you guys think? I'll say this. I am happy to go to a theater nowadays. If if they make it so uh, it's every other seat, hey, that's heaven for me, man. I was always that person <laughs> that wanted those two seats open, right? So I'm, I'm cool yeah, with it. When you guys go to theaters with your friends, did you ever sit next to one another anyway? Fuck no. It's weird, right? Like, yeah, you not unless you have to. Some dude. Yeah, not right? unless you have to. I don't care to. how good of friends I am with somebody. I'm like, eh. Yeah. I yeah I I'm putting a popcorn right here. You can have some of it if you want. Now, <laughs> you remember now you guys remember when the most you know the the most dangerous thing was how you're gonna sneak in the snacks you bought at the gas station. Now the True most dangerous story. thing is how how close you are to somebody else. I oh, you know what a dark <laughs> turn. Oh my god. I'm just saying, like I don't oh. want movie theaters to disappear, whether it be a sit-in or a drive-in. I, I don't want them to go away. I don't know if 15 billion is the right amount. But um, oh, that's not a that's not even going to scratch the surface for uh, yeah. So, so, so at least at least in Michigan, we, we've been closed on movie theaters since March, and I, I just bring this up because we've opened up movie theaters. Uh, I think Monday. Of all the times to do that is now. Yeah, and it's before the Wonder Woman opening, which is weird. <laughs> I I staying non political. My yeah. one thing is like. Okay, we're bailing out. Even if it's independent theaters, great. Mm -hmm. I would rather them spend that money to retool and do different things than to just hold the float and do the same thing. Oh, sell me, sell me a high experience. Yeah, well, it's interesting. You know, it's interesting that you say that, right? Because the cash didn't go to chains, right? I mean, who are going out of business? It went to quote these what they described in all of the uh, articles that I read, independent theaters, those seem to me to be more like the draft house theater experience, right? Well, I don't know. Those are chains too, though. Now they're small chains. Yeah, yeah. that's, we've, we've that's got, what's going to stay. I can break down uh, and, and do the work and figure out the details for us if we want to return to it next week. But, but yeah. like I said, I just... I, I want them to continue to advance, continue to give me something better. Give me a better experience. I, I don't need more sound or more video per se, but, you know, make it so I feel like I'm in a private environment or, you know, what I mean, something. Make the food better, and whatever I think it they, is. I think they were working on that, Z, where with these premium 
reclining seats, beer, pizza at theaters if you wanted to pay for them. They were on that route. And then I think they just, you know, like many other things, got derailed. Um, theaters in general, if you wanted to pay the premium. Yeah, just think, guys, a couple of years ago, the only thing we had to worry about when we went to the theaters was getting shot by a gunman. <laughs> so, staying away from politics. Listen, yeah, I, I haven't, Jesus. I haven't oh, went to a standard movie theater, I don't think, in probably four years. I will only go to, like, the... It, we have chains like the Alamo Draft House. It's not that one, but a similar one. And, uh, you know, I'll go to those, or I'll go to the one that has the premium chair, because I'm like, why am I going to spend 90%, if not more, to go to the one that's just a flip-down seat and, um, you know... Yeah, I might as well be on a Spirit Airlines. Um, But uh, I I lost my train of thought. Thanks to myself. Um, Good joke. Yeah, well, that's what it was. So I I remember now. So people in the comments, and I've heard before as well, well, I'm going to bring the whole family. Why do I pay 100 bucks for this, blah, blah, blah. Maybe don't. Maybe it's a date night thing. Maybe spend 40 60 bucks on on just a date night thing and then you your kids get to watch it when it's on streaming or when it's on dvd at the family video on vhs or or you just go by yourself and leave your family at home there you go yeah i had a long day i love watching movies by myself which probably makes me a lightweight sociopath but uh if i could get away with doing it more often it's wonderful it used to be one of my Father's Day things. I would do that for a few years in a row, just go like, see a movie by myself. Like right. empty theater, you know. I, I work too much now to like pull it off, but like, oh god, it was wonderful. Yeah. Anyway, it's. Uh, I guess we can talk more about this when we talk about like building a good comic collection. The bottom line is, we don't want movie theaters to go under. That's it. Yeah, I'll leave it at that. Amen. I hope they don't. Well, let's get into a little bit about this idea of, you know, build, building your comic collection, building your collection. Like, you know, what, what are some of the things that uh, we want to think about, you know, uh, key, like targeting and how to and this and that. I know there's a lot of what, new people in this. What, are, what do we actually title this as? Building? Build, how to build a perfect collection. Yeah, we perfect titled collection. it as clickbait because uh, nobody shares our videos, likes or subscribes. So I would uh, ask that everybody kindly do that. And we'll try to be better about giving you precise titles. Well, uh, not only that, what, but I, think, us- I think it started out as how do you build a collection that you don't want to sell? So yeah, so, that was that was not good for the algorithm. Sorry. So, be- so before we get into all this, watching. so before we get into all this, I want to say thank you for watching. We have sixty nine ish viewers right now, and uh, we're going to get into some meat and potatoes. Sounds like some clips are coming, but this is also episode one hundred and fifty. So uh, congratulations, Flipside. So let's uh, let's get into some good stuff and get some clips so we can share on IG and share the love. We, we did the worst job celebrating 150. We did. Yeah. Um, well, because we say it sucks and we're going to work on 200. That's what we're aiming for. Yeah, amen. <laughs> amen. I want to fun and everything. I'm in a thousand, dude. I'm in. I'm, I'm going for episode a thousand. So two kind of thoughts. Um, one is. Uh, I think the thumbnail, right, is uh, has Luke Skywalker on it, and we have 69 live viewers. Usually we've got, like, 150. Uh, when I tell you that people on this channel don't buy Star Wars comics and they don't care about it, 
That's not lip service. Uh, that's true. Those books are really going to collectors. They won't even click on the video. All right. There's your meta analysis from Nico. Um, the second Except one. Star Wars, people will want that because we grew up with it. Yeah. But I mean, the second bit, uh, which I think is important, is um, how to build a collection that you don't want to sell um, and simultaneously like have books that you can sell to provide you economic freedom to really do whatever you want. Uh, none of us on this channel are independently wealthy. Um, for those of you who've like seen my uh, roommate on our podcast, um, he was able to buy a car uh, after like, you know, flipping books for a year. Um, you know, the key really for me, and I think uh, Rick from Rick's Neat Stuff talked about it. Uh, for those of you who are not aware of who he is, we interviewed uh, him and Brian Weedman, the Heritage Comics creator. And they talked about their kind of philosophies for buying and selling comics. Um, and they're, they're the best in the business. Um, and I really would kind of take a look at that. Uh, but I think it's having stuff that is so cool that you don't want to ever part with it. Uh, but also having books that you can sell at the exact right time to create revenue for you uh, to buy whatever you want. And that's yeah. kind of what the channel's set up to do, right? Is like yeah. help people so, do that. So I have books I call PC that I'd never sell. And, in you know, thinking about our show title and just kind of thinking how I've evolved with comics, those aren't really books I'd never sell, but they're the books I would sell 100% last. And that that I think is the key for me personally is I would hope to never get to the point where I'd have to sell those books, but they're there if I need to convert them to cash for whatever purpose. And the really good thing about this hobby is that your tastes change. And, and the fun part about this hobby is the collecting part, the getting them, right? Finding them, the hunt, all that stuff. So uh, as your tastes change, you're going to get rid of some of those things that you thought you would never sell. And, you know, Nico kind of harshed on uh, run collectors, but let's be honest. If I had all the money in the world, I would be a fucking run collector for certain books. Well, High-grade run collector. Well, in Z's observation that if you buy Batman or Spider-Man books as a run collector, you might do better off than all of us because of the number of keys that sort of pop up in those flagship titles. I think is uh, that's not like tongue-in-cheek. That's insightful. Um, I mean, there are those titles that just always do well. Yeah, and, and, and you know, piggybacking off of, you, off of last week's episode, I wasn't here. But um, I think eBay's change might help some people. Where, like Sean said, you don't see the money, maybe you don't spend it. Maybe it's, maybe use it as a saving <laughs> account for whatever. I still see it. Let's, uh, let's go around the room and let's see what everybody's personal collection, I guess, tastes are. Dude, mine's changed so much. I went from from being a weekly reader to collect everything that I read, like just runs, and then I went to from being that to uh, just collecting like cosmic Marvel cosmic, and um, this is gonna sound crazy, but like almost like drug issues type thing, and and that that change. Sound crazy. Yeah, and and then that change it, it con it's constantly changing for me, and I I don't <clears throat> think uh, that 
there's only one book I have that I would never sell, and that's uh, my very first book, which was a Campbell's Soup exclusive giveaway because my dad worked for Campbell's Soup growing mm-hmm. up. You know, my dad worked for Campbell's Soup for like 35 years. So my, if somebody brought a fucking can uh-huh. of soup in my house that wasn't Campbell's, you know what I mean? So like, <laughs> it, you know, like I had, still have that in my heart, and it's also my first comic, and it's a Captain America free giveaway comic with Campbell's Soup. And it was my very first comic I ever got. It's in decent condition. And I even got went and got it signed by Herb Trimp because he did the cover. I don't think – why would I sell that? I don't think anybody would ever want that. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, so, he, he, didn't, he didn't say punch 12, so uh, I think it's on the – I think it's on the – So it's not impossible. Get your money together. I'm the guy that talked him out of selling the punch 12, yeah. so you can all yes, hate he me. Did. Yes, he did. Brian's my well, friend. You shouldn't talk him into selling it to anybody but me or you. <laughs> so, uh, um, I hope you don't have to wrestle. You're bigger than me. I'll be in trouble. For me, it's it's you know big you know, big shocker. It's turtle books for me. I I don't know. I don't know what else yeah, you want well, to know about well, it. This book, week, you're the saying. smartest guy in comics, buddy. Because it's a it's a turtle bonanza for what the last three months. No, I'm not least. the smartest guy because I haven't sold anything. Oh shit. Okay. Well, but you so, don't want to. So that's okay. Yeah, well, no, but the funny thing is I do have a box of like turtle books that I, I, I want to sell that were specifically set aside for like a con, etc. So I just need to list them. But it, like, I mean, like Brian Brian's uh, Campbell Soup book, that'd probably be the very last book he ever sold ever, ever. And and that's what I mean is that's that's the separation line between for me of PC versus other books is that line of I have nothing left like behind me these boxes are if they were hypothetically all empty and all I had left were my PC turtle books and something happened and turtles was hot and I could still sell them what comes first you know so that's yeah. me Dino I, what do you got <laughs> uh, I mean I, I guess my my uh this is a bad one for me, even though I brought the subject up because I have no emotional attachment to comic books, so it really doesn't matter. But um, saying that, though, I mean, facetiously, I would say I only collect nine eights, and I can be like very hobby dubby about it and be like, yeah, you know, golden age uh, five O's and higher. But no, I'm not like that. Um, I don't know. I mean, I think probably my collection would be probably besides these because these pretty much on the whole gambit. I'm probably be second when it comes to. Uh, eclecticness of comic book collecting because I, I have like a, a a Superman graphic novel from like 1940. I've just picked up some Superman Tims from like 1945. I got stuff from Golden Age. I got modern stuff. I, I got pickup stuff. I just bought a collection for New 52. Like, I mean, I'm all over the place, man. You know, I had Aquaman 1. I mean... I, I guess I guess another way to look at it is um, you know, is this PC versus I don't want to sell this book because I know it's only going to go up. Um, you know that's I mean? another oh, form of a collection you don't want to sell. Like if somehow you have flipped your way to entirely Marvel Silver Age blue chips, you may not want to sell them because I I don't see them not going up. You know, I, I've sold I've sold DC blue chips and Marvel blue chips. I mean, it's ridiculous. I mean. I don't want to always break my hand off and, you know, pat myself on the back, but I've sold an Aquaman one. I've sold a Batman 121. I've sold a Hawk 181. I mean, they're not, you know, it's not like I, I got tens of thousands of dollars for them, but I mean, do I go back and say, do I wish I didn't sell them? Maybe, but I mean, 
don't know. Maybe. You can always here's the good thing about this. Like with with ninety nine point nine percent of the books that are out there, you can always get them back. Yeah. yeah. So that kind of uh, segues nice into uh, your buddy George and I think uh, your buddy Z's philosophy. Uh, although I'm more aggressive about um, domestic, modern. <laughs> uh copper bronze uh silver age books uh and do very little in the international stuff uh compared to z but our focus i think our shared focus is trying to buy books that i might not ever have a chance to buy uh at a reasonable price ever again or i might have to wait years for an opportunity to ever buy them again and i try to fund those purchases uh with everything else um, you know, so for me, it's like, I love hot shit. Like everybody else, like the hotter trash book, you know what I mean? Like if I didn't have an outlawed, uh, one, believe me, I'd be salivating about it. Right. Like a Dejurovec, um, uh, ultimate, <laughs> Miles, yeah. ultimate fallout four variant, man. I'm like, I'd like to get one of those. They're 10 K for a nine, eight. Right. There's no room for that book to grow. And I'm sorry if you're the guy that has it and I'm breaking your heart right now. Uh, it's going to be a minute before you can get more money out of that thing. I still want one, right? Like I'm sick like that. And I think a lot of people that are in this hobby are, we love, you know, books like Giant Size X-Men. I, I don't like, know, but one of our friends said he got offered 14K and turned it down. Oh, Lord. Maybe I'm nuts. Uh, maybe, maybe, uh, maybe my... Uh, predilection for uh hot uh books is uh not as uh like you know self-harmful as i think it is but um i try to not uh fall in love with the super hot books that i have because i know that they've got top value now and i try to move them out for and buy stuff when it's not hot period or it's so timeless that I can't touch it uh, if I don't get it right now. That's kind of my thing, right? Like, you know, I, I'd love to uh, be buying the hottest crap in the world um, because I'm as guilty as anybody else, but I try my best not to do that. It's hard to be disciplined, but I think if you're going to be really good at comics, you got to be disciplined and uh, you got to be not emotionally attached to your stuff but emotionally intelligent about where the market's at and where it's going and predict the sort of uh, trends so that you can move stuff when it's at its peak and refrain from falling in love with your own books when they're at their peak. I think, yeah. I think what I take from Nico saying what he just said is um, if you love it and it's not golden age, which doesn't come up very often in my opinion, uh, based on market report and all that good stuff. But if you s basically like the stock market saying buy low, sell high, and you can buy it again low for the most part, most, you know, more often than not, I don't want to put a seal of approval on it, but you can buy it back when it's low. Yeah. And I don't I mean, want to um, ramble on and, and occupy everybody's time. But one last thing I think is super important to remember is, the guys that are good at grading books that can say, oh, well, that's uh, an 8.5, but it's priced as a, a 7.0. I can make $500 there. The guys like ETA Nick, 
uh, will always be better than the people who are like, I think this is going to go up in value. Like that book's already higher than what it is that you're paying it for. That's really where the A plus players are at. You know, that golden age book. So five, five it's raw. They they've got it priced as a four Oh sold. What about you? See, what, what's your answer to this question? So I've really taken a different path and I, I somewhat have gotten myself into a, a hard spot in that, I've bought in so much that are, are books for me or books that I feel are not achievable to get again. Maybe I went too far off the beaten path sometimes that I don't want to get rid of them because I can't get them back, but I also want to buy some other things. So I, I, I don't want to say I'm to the collection that I don't want to sell, but I'm to the collection. I don't want to sell now. A lot of times, like I sold, a lot of books in the last quarter, but it was truly stuff from a, a collection that I hadn't really done anything with because I was tired of wanting to list $20 books, but I just listed them all to get them out of here. Um, I did sell a few books I never thought I'd sell just because I've had them for two or three years and you're like, eh, I, I could do something else. I, I bought the the uh, the Showcase 22 because it's a book I always wanted. I bought it, um, not planning on leaving, but who knows, in two years I made say, Hey, I want something else more. Mm. Um, but I do like, sometimes I feel like the kid in high school who likes the band that nobody likes. And then all of a sudden everybody likes it. And you're like, oh, I'm going to move on to something else. But, but in comics, you can do that. You can find these things that are amusing to you only like, you know, your, your Campbell's book that you had signed by Trempy. I, I love collecting Cardi sigs or um, mm. things like that, that maybe people aren't all that into, but are interesting to me. Dave Stevens covers. Mm. Stevens hey, covers was one. A lot of it's people a, rocketeer all day. It's, huh? it's uh, a fun. I'm sorry. Uh, I was just going to say it's a fine balance between happiness and regret. <laughs> I'm, if a book yeah. makes you happy and you could go to eBay and sell it for 20 grand, is your happiness worth more than, like Z said, depending on the book, never being able to get that foreign book from X country ever again in that grade for 20 grand? Or is your happiness, you know, you regret selling it, holding it? It's, it's like a chemical formula. It's going to mix grade or blow up in your face. There are collectors out there that they don't care what the value is. I yeah. mean... And, and and there's there's multiple facets of how to to build your collection. You know, you have to decide what do you want your collection to be, and, and that's the most important thing. And I think the good thing about uh, hobbies like comics, cards, stamps, coins, they have some type of value to them. And pe some people are okay with just knowing that in that long box they've got some value there. They don't care what the value is, just as long as there is some value there. And it's also a collecting thing, right? Yeah. One last uh, thing. You know, I'm not here to shit on how anybody collects comics. I don't think anybody on this podcast is. Uh, if you're a run collector, cool, dude. Love it. I love to sell you books. Uh, if you're a key collector, cool. Love it. Love to sell you books. I have to sell books because I love books that I couldn't afford to buy if I wasn't selling books. Um, and I think that unfortunately uh to kind of dovetail off of uh what jj maxwell said in the comments um there's this uh, bizarre notion that you either have to do it one way 
or a different way. Either you're a collector or you're a damn flipper. And like everybody who I know that flips is a collector. Dino can pretend like he doesn't have any sort of emotional attachment to these books. He loves them. Every time he gets one, his face lights up. He's happy as can be. I do because I screwed somebody over. Because I screwed somebody over and I know that I knew what it was. Please. I mean, that's the thing, right? So what what Rick, I think, uh, from Rick's Neat Stuff, the Heritage guys who are the best of the best, talk about doing is, you know, making these investments – uh, in in books, um, letting those books go, taking profits, and moving it into something else that makes you happy. That's a beautiful thing. Here's what I got. Here's what I got for you. The most valuable advice I could give to any collector from I just discovered comics exist to I'm in the retirement home and I realized I forgot my tub of action ones in my barn or whatever is in my personal opinion, comic book money to pay for comic books. If you're, if you get past, if you get past that point, you're going to, you're going to increase your chances of being disappointed. If you sell a book for 20 bucks. And I think, you know, jumping off last week's show of, of the new eBay payment system. And I got a second, you know, bank account, yada, yada, blah, blah. Keeping those separate, I think, will increase your happiness, decrease your stress level, and increase the fun for the hobby where it's like the stock market where I'm going to put $1,500 in X stock because I don't. That's just fun money. Dad, look. Yeah. <laughs> Dad, look. Dad, look. Um, what were you going to say? I was going to say, I saw purple. some guys in the chat talking. You know, sometimes they do sell money to pay bills. I, I'm a collector. I, I buy books generally to I buy books to sell some and some I buy to keep, but yeah. I do sell books to buy other books 90% of the time. But oh, Jesus we all hit a rough patch. Oh, boy. And it is nice to hit a, uh, you know, if you hit a rough patch, you have books that you can sell. You know, yeah. that's, do I I'm like, like it? You're, yeah, you no, remind like, me. That's, that's what I was saying about the movie theaters that are so expensive. If you're making money selling comics, you can take your family to the movie theater. That's what's cool. It provides economic freedom to a lot of people, and we don't talk about that. And and the other thing I just wanted to share is, of all the freaking irony of I having books that people look at and go, why do you have that? Or you're buying the first Brazilian whatever that nobody else in the world has seen. The book I regret getting rid of the most is a fucking giant size X-Men. So go figure. Because I won't buy, I will not buy it at the current price, and I can't do it. So it's like tripling. The perfect comic book collection is one that doesn't hurt you. I'm (laughs) serious. They all hurt you. They all hurt you. No, so we all want more. No, it's what I'm saying is comics pay for comics. If you keep it in its own lane, it won't hurt you. Comics pay for comics. Oh man, I want that X Men one, but you know what? I'm going to work for it because I got to sell this, got to buy this Wednesday Warrior it to save. I made 50 bucks this week. That goes in my X-Men 1 savings account, whatever. That is my Ooh. personal opinion of keeping it separated so you don't hurt yourself. I, I don't know if that makes yeah, sense because I didn't uh, – I put it away in the fridge, but I had this little uh, I had this little uh, uh, Christmas thing on top of a bottle of uh, what I'm drinking. So, 
Oh, boy. Uh, before, hold on. Before we go any further, I want to remind everybody that after Market Report, we will be digging into those. So we've got two boxes of books back from CGC. Oh, um, two big boxes. Now, huh? So, yeah. Yeah. So it'll, it'll, be, uh, it'll be fun. So uh, for all of you guys that have tuned in for that, that is coming. Sorry about that. Let's get into it. Okay. You gonna you run it or am I running it? Stein. Um, I'll run it. <laughs> Hey, let me go ahead and do this for you, brother. All right. Oh, we're way down here. Okay. Uh, I had to start with this one because it's the season. Walt of Horror 35. Classic uh, Johnny Craig cover. This is a CGC 5.5. A really nice presenting one. Um, $1,500, which really got me thinking because I'm like, damn, that's a high number, I think. Absolutely. I actually had... I had a 5.5 I sold a few years back, and I think I think I tracked it on the census. I, I can't remember if it's mine or not, um, but there's 130 on the census, not a ton. Um, in 2020, there have been three sales. One was 680, one was 780, and this one's 1450. My gut is that somebody's selling on the right season, kind of like when you sell pre-code horror in October, you're going to do a little better. When you sell Christmas covers in December, you're going to do a little better. Um, but that's a surprisingly high sale. Could be that it presents really well. Um, if you look in 2018, the sale was 771. Uh, so that was, you know, it's been a steady book, and then all of a sudden there's a big ass jump. So I think that's a holiday jump. Um, I yeah, do think a, mine was a, a 2017 sale for 600. So yeah, dude, that's a big jump because I sold uh, a roughly the same uh, presenting copy. Uh, raw about the same time I think that you sold your graded one and I only got like 400 bucks out of mine and I didn't feel bad about it at the time because I think you sold yours for six and I was like oh it's okay yeah I think this one for 600 was mine but mine was a beautiful book with a huge side uh, uh, spine split so I probably should have uh, kept it but it was a five five and I'm like I'm gonna go back in at a six and well I didn't ever actually go back in that that is the flaw of some logic is you always think you're gonna buy back in but you never do because you always want the deal. So yeah. yeah. Um, th this other book. That's, sorry, that's a good point. Going back, if you upgrade, you could sell your five five and upgrade for a minuscule price. Is not a bad collecting philosophy either. You should just upgrade first. Absolutely. Yeah. 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 If, unless you don't want to upgrade, I'm with you 100. Mm percent -hmm. Because Lord knows we've all done that. I always think I'm going to upgrade and I never go back in. All right, this other one I only threw in because we were talking about nine nines the other day, and this one hit. Ooh, uh, wow. If you've been in flipping comics for a while, this book, um, when it came out, was a big boy book selling like crazy. It was a Turner cover uh, by Aspen, and Aspen did a couple of late Turner covers. Um, this book somehow hit a lot of tens. There were five tens on the census. Wow. Uh, and a decent number of nine nines. Um, Five, five tens, twenty-seven nine nines, and ninety-four nine eights. So wow. they really screwed up the upper grades. There have been no tens on GPA since twenty seventeen. At that time, it was between nine hundred and six seventy-five. So it really, actually, has went down. Um, but it hadn't sold in a while. A nine eight is going to go for about thirty bucks, and a nine nine you can get for under a hundred. So interesting. It's just interesting this ten and nine nine phenomenon. 
Yeah, that's real interesting that they did it in a live auction and that people were paying attention enough to bid on it to bring that number. I'd have thought it would have cheaper. Uh, truthfully, and when somebody said Jim Lee is the uh, greatest living comic sketch artist, I, I, I agree with you because you know this guy's the one that's not living as far as if you're going to get a sketch cover, that's the one to get. Yeah. Um, next book. This one I, truly just caught my eye because I, I hadn't seen one sell in a minute. Uh, Champions, we talked about the Invaders the other day as the, the kind of uh, Bronze Age teams. So this is kind of the other one there. There's 110 nine eights. Uh, the 2020 average has been six sales, uh, anywhere from 404 to 594. So this is actually on the low end. In 2019, the average was just under 600, but in 2018, it was 300. So uh, there was a little bit of, of a peak in 2019. It's coming back down. I'm not really sure why if just the spec cycle was, hey, at some point somebody put out some news that these characters are going to be going or um, I, I don't remember. I remember hearing the champion's name for a minute, and I think whatever that theory was has died out. I don't love collecting the Bronze Age teams, but, you know, the right day, the right – executive choosing to name something the right way, you're going to win. Well, with all the uh, interest in the new iteration of the champions with Kamala Khan and Miles and <coughs> that um, next generation of Marvel superheroes, um, it, it's interesting to see a, a little bit of heat back on the original title. Um, that's a book that I don't see a lot in uh, long boxes. Um, didn't know that it would command that much. Uh, pretty interesting. Yeah. Another uh, another Bronze Age book here. New guys. Wow. That, that was probably a good, yeah, that was probably a good buy. This one actually blew my way because I, I don't think I've seen a 9-8 in a long time. Uh, I apparently was wrong. There's 54 of them. In 2020, there have been five sales. Mm. It's not caught my eye, but, you know, sometimes you just miss it. Uh, anywhere from fourteen seventy five to twenty three twenty five. This is the high. The wow. highest ever was almost twenty eight hundred last year, but prior to that, the average was fifteen hundred. So it really peaked last year. I don't know if that's maybe when the Snyder Cut got talked about, or uh, it would be news about the forthcoming New Gods film that um, Tom um, help me out, not Tom Taylor. Uh, the CIA guy, what's his name? Wrote Batman. Everybody was mad at him. Tom King. Tom King uh, is writing a screenplay. Um, it, it apparently is going to focus on Big Barda and Mr. Miracle, but is going to be under the New Gods, uh, you know, moniker and tell Kirby's uh, Fifth World storyline. So I, I think I when I was looking at him was back when that stuff happened, and I thought this book would be like three grand by now. Interesting that it sold like for you said fifteen hundred was the low this year or yeah, lower. But I, I probably in March, man. Everything in March was low. Mm, interesting. Um, here's another one. I just want to comment. I, I don't know this seller, but this red chair pops up a lot, man. Yep. <laughs> it's at least and, um, the third one I've caught in the market report. Yeah, he's a stud. I don't know who he is. Dude's moving big bucks. <laughs> I like it. I wait for Dino to stand up and show his red chair behind. <laughs> That, um, I, I put it in the closet so I don't get out in that um that new gods beforehand, I don't think you can go wrong. Six of six first appearances. Jeez. Yeah, it's a big book. 
Um, this is the uh, the famous Joker cover, the the fish guns, and you know, good good cover. Bronze Age, thirty seven nine eights only. Not as many as I would expect, but it's a dark cover. Um, there is a Pence copy with only five in the census total, with a nine four being the highest, and most of the rest of it being significantly lower. So something to keep your eye out for. Uh, yeah. 2018, this was a $500 book. 2019, 640. 90-day average is 977, with this being the high at over a grand. So congrats on this book just freaking going up with Joker Love. Wow, nice. Uh, this next one, Brian's going to salivate over, and I, I I don't know. I still don't know on these books. Is Holy it? Holy shit. Yeah, right? Is it truly... Um, nostalgia driving it that it just hit that right age or, or is there some shenanigans and, and price pushing going on I, I i don't know i'm not going to theorize i'm just going to give you the results and you guys decide uh nine eight I love it. 167 wow. there's canadian price rent with 11 there's also a second and a third print but just just for clarity i did research there are no nine eights for either of the second or third prints on this book so this is not a deviation in the uh, data. In 2018, there were 21 sales for 223 average. In 2019, there were 30 sales for a 255 average. The 90-day average is 524. 2020, there have been 42 sales, so more sales than either of the other two years, probably more getting graded, uh, with a range of 261 to 1,009. Jesus, Lord have mercy. Uh, Am I missing something? All of this happened in the last month, 1210, 405, because most of the sales were four to 500 bucks in the summer. Um, 12, 12, uh, 12, 12, I think, was 620. And then on 1228, 750 sale happened, followed by this one for a grand. I, I don't understand it. All this well, happened how about real this? fast. How about this? We have a ton of new comic fans in the community that are probably our age that are instantly hitting the nostalgia factors. And so they're, I'm not they're going. It. It, this I'm, is not, just, I'm just. I'm not pushing it. I'm just saying well, this could be a reason that we're seeing it. There's That's a of, huge escalation yeah, real dude, fast. There's one of three explanations, right? Brian's, yes. which seems to be the least likely to me. Sorry, Brian. I uh, get it. John's, which may or may not be uh, the most probable. Uh, and the third one would be somebody knows something uh, about this thing getting optioned and is just snagging them uh, because that happens too. Oh, yeah. You know what I mean? But it's just what's wild to me. What I don't understand is you can get a freaking uh, Transformers 1. For under a grand, you can get a, a newsstand G.I. Joe one for under a grand, or you could, you know, two months ago. I mean, I love Thundercats. I was a, you know, Thunder, Thunder, Thundercats kind of uh, kid when I was little too. But they weren't G.I. Joe or Transformers for the love of God. Um, yeah, I, I don't disagree with your theory either. I, the other thing is there's it's not, not – I mean, I'm just saying it's one of the three. I don't know, man. It's so interesting. These I, I think, books are more rare, though, than – you know what I mean? Like, we, we've all seen that. They're they're certainly more rare than 
G.I. So, Joe or Transformers, the census is going to obviously be smaller. And 167 nine-eighths. Let's assume 100 of them are in serious collector's hands who aren't selling, right? That means there's less than 60, 60 or 70 in play. If you want to make a move, they're not coming up every day. Wow. So I, I don't know. I, I'm i not buying at a grand. That's all I know. I, I'm I didn't buy it. I'm super I didn't buy it 200 because I was like, eh. I'm, I'm super stoked for two reasons. Obviously, you know, I love the nostalgia factor. But for the second reason and is because I got a double cover one of these that looks pretty. Pretty, <laughs> pretty, 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 pretty. And it's going straight to CGC. Good, Good. stuff, man. Good stuff. All right. We talked about Monica. Um, I don't have a ton of data because this one is an outlier. Holy this is shit. a shit. 9.8 Canadian price variant, 12.50. Jesus Lots of bids. Lord. I'm sorry, I can't read the little number right now, but there was 40 some bids. Yeah. Um, just some frame reference. Nine eighths of the standard, there's 210 of of the Canadian price variants, there's six. Standard nine eight. The last sale was November 29th, which is believe it or not, three weeks old, which is a little old on this book. It was only 566, and I'm shocked there have been no sales since then. Um this is the one and only Canadian price variant that is on GPA in 9.8. Wow. So there's none been sold in 10 years recorded. Uh, I, I don't know. Three weeks ago with the, the standard being close to 600, I'd be willing to bet the standard goes for 8 or 8.50 right now, right? If it hit. I mean, look, I love that book. Uh, I don't necessarily, I'm not really a Canadian price variant sort of guy. I'm like, I like the marvel american price variants the 35 center you know what i mean but not really yeah. a canadian price variant guy different people are different you know it's like uh but holy crap yeah i i i like foreign books and i don't even collect the canadian price variants because I, I i don't love them i but people do and i'm not going to shit on their yeah sale, but whatever um all right so i'm about to give you the i looked it up we'll see what right now you can pick up holy shit there's not many here you get one Canadian price variant. This book's back up for $2,300. You said there was one on the census? No, there's five. Oh, well, one's up right now for $2,300, the Canadian. Yeah. There's two U.S. copies, $765 for a buy it now. The next one's $1,130. Oh, boy. I don't think I'd buy in at 760 because I don't no, know what the upside is. No, 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 no. But buying uh, these books, if you can find them in the wild, cheap. I mean, uh, I don't know, you know, what the top number would be, like 60 bucks for me, maybe. But I'm also El Cheapo Extraordinaire. I think uh, if you found a beautiful one under 100, I'd, you'd go. I'd, yeah, I'd probably pay 100 bucks for, you know, obviously a 9.8 contender, uh, 9.6 maybe. Um, I wonder what the 9.6 cpr prices hold on do you guys think that the canadian price variant matters as much as newsstand versus regular i i don't think so it depends who you are it really does. I, and like, i and you right. can't argue that there's a niche of collectors that want them the same the same as newsstand where sometimes i look at it and go god I, why are you paying a premium for that yeah, I got a I got a Pence variant of Daredevil 168 back in the day. Or no, what is, what's the first Electra 168? 
I had a Pence variant of that, and I just nobody you, wanted it. You couldn't give it away. Yeah, Pence's just took off recently thanks to uh, trends uh, that threw me out, and I'm still pissed off about it. Um, anyway, three thirty uh, for a nine six. That's how I get suspended from the podcast. Yes. Yeah. I, I maybe got right? me back on. He thought I maybe play player. on that one. Um, the three thirty for a CPR. Maybe. Maybe. Interesting. Um, threw this one in there because why not talk turtles? We talk every week anymore. But this was one that hit me as interesting. It's not as interesting when I dug in the data as I thought, but uh, one I haven't shown yet because we talk about every other turtles book, I feel like. Um, Leonardo one. There's 32.98s. A 9.6 will set you back 260 just for reference. This bad boy went for 570. Um, there are that's insane, 14 sale, 14 sales of nine eights this year, which means close to half of them sold this year. Range of 350 to this high of 571. What I thought was interesting because I, I like to look further back between 2012 and 2015, there was one sale each year of it, basically in the high twos to mid threes every year. And then from 15 to 18, there was nothing. And then all of a sudden, it kind of many more got graded. That's right. So hey, it's uh, always been a, a fairly significant book as far as, you know, being a $300, $350 book. But interesting that it's jumping. I think it's just all ships are rising on the turtles' heat. Paul, what do you think about this one, buddy? I guess my question is, do you think it'll drop or is this the new norm? Well, Paul, let's talk about the one book you sold me. I didn't sell that to you. We both bought well, well, those together. Saying, no, show it. Like you talk about it. Which one? The the error variant? Yeah, the error variant that me and you bought. Yeah, we'd have to pull that up. Uh yeah. is that the recalled number one? It's the um Dino, are you able to pull that up while I, yeah, I got while it. I throw something out about it? Uh so this was just a just an error variant of the number, you know, another number one re reprint. In nine eight, that kind of went up and down. Graded um, recently, I sent I sent a link to to Dino and just said, "Hey, if you still have yours, maybe it's." I'm gonna share my screen, Brian. Is it that recalled number one, six yeah. or something? Yeah, but um, I mean, I don't know. I mean, I I don't know what to say. It's it's what what's that going for now? Um, well, Apparently less than $600 because that was uh, a, an option to buy. No, yeah, I, that, had, I had uh, one of those and I remember selling it for maybe. Is that the link I sent you? Happy. Yeah, that's the link you sent me. Did I? All right. Jesus Christ, um, don't buy that book, please. But I think if you I don't think buy it today, somebody's gonna. I, I feel like Turtles is on fire right now. My question is, what is just a flash in the pan and what is the new standard? And I don't know. I think I don't think turtle depends. books are falling. No, but I think it depends on the age of the book. The new books, in my personal opinion, are a flash in the pan. Oh, yeah. I think they'll drop, but the older books, I don't think those are going to drop again, such uh -oh. as... I think we're talking pre mostly pre-90. Pre-90, anything there is gold. Well, well I was going to... It's over. But what, it is. <laughs> happened? No, it is. What I was going to say is the Raphael... Sec, or the... Um, uh, Casey Jones... The mm -hmm. Casey Jones first appearance, second print. Sleeper, everybody's wide awake on that. And it, the Christmas special, 
Christmas special. But my other thing, getting into the books like this, that's market report 9.8. You're paying for the grade. We talked about that a couple days or a couple weeks ago. Is it a 9.8 when you look at it? And I think that's what Matt, that's what matters more than the grade is the is the your personal view of the book. But um, I don't know. As far as turtles go, it's it's a, it's it depends. Is it um, is it a flash in the pan or is this the new norm? I, I wouldn't that question for everybody. I wouldn't feel bad on a uh, mid '80s turtles book, especially you know. number ones. And this one, like I said has actually been slow growth. It's not been like it blew up like crazy. For a well, book like this to double finally is, that's it, just normal appreciation. Yeah, as far as turtles go, um, it's um, it's more of, uh, uh, sorry, I got a phone call real quick. As far as turtles go, it's more of, um, man, where's my train of thought? Um, shoot. Um, On to next book. We'll see yeah. you in a second. Oh, yeah, I'll, I'll come back. I'll come back <laughs> right. when I figure that thought out. Sorry, Thanks, one buddy. moment. I talked to, I pulled this one up only because Nico, I think, has talked about it a few times with the Falcon yeah, like Winter Soldier rumor. Um, I didn't do a lot of data, but nine eights, there's 65 of them. And I'm betting that number's growing quickly. Yeah. Uh, it was trending at 125 to 150, and then there was no sales for a couple weeks, and all of a sudden this one dropped at 230. So picking up steam. Uh, if you got them, grade them. Hey, them back. buddy George, we only doubled in price. Um, Isaiah Bradley, I think it's a no-brainer, but I don't know how high this thing can go. I mean, it's not going to be Blue Marvel sky high, um, but I do think there'll be an opportunity when Falcon and the Winter Soldier hits. Again, slow burn. Uh, this character, I think, uh, is pseudo-confirmed to appear in that series. There'll be an opportunity to move them. I don't know uh, necessarily that buying in at the $230 price tag for a 9.8 is the greatest move because you'd want to be selling it at 460, right? Yeah. Um, and I don't know if she can pop uh, 450, but maybe maybe 450 would be that there'd be one week to sell it for 450. Uh, yeah, you you're going to get a couple. Everybody sales. else. That's a that's a big gamble at that price. I, I, I you're better off. I like looking the for the raws at ten dollars a pot right yeah but buy, buy the nicest raw on ebay i remember hey, what hey, i was 25 for the raw yeah. Yeah. I, I, I remember what i was gonna say and that was as far as turtles goes right now what's out of reach first and second and even third prints are out of reach fourth and fifth prints are on the rise so it's it's hedging your bets on what you think is going to rise or is this just a bubble for turtles that's going to burst on more of the more common books? So I, I can't make that decision for you, but it's, it's clear that those earlier printing books are starting to become out of reach. Yep. No doubt. All right. I, this one's just here to start a segment. We all know about this fucking book. I crazy money. The nine, eight sold for some number. I can't comprehend. A raw just sold for some other number I can't comprehend. I'm not going to poo-poo it, but I just wanted to use that as a segment for uh, some other previews that popped up in the market report. Marvel Age 12, the early preview of the black costume. I just grabbed one of these. I was happy to find in the wild for nothing. A 9.8 for $305 with a few bidders. Um, 
this one actually has on the label now that it is a uh, oh wow a Spider-Man black costume predating 252 concept art. I like hey listen, if they're going to start tagging it as this, I'll accept this, right? Yeah, this I is it great. This Dude, is, that's strong as it comes. Yeah. Yeah. Kudos to CGC. And, and then we can start calling these things what they, what are. they are. Thank you. Yeah. Hell yeah, CGC. G great job on this one. And I'm not saying that necessarily this is the best thing to call it, but at least they're going the right route. We can figure yeah. out what is the best thing to call it and as a community, and maybe they'll listen, but they are listening somewhat right now. Yeah, no, very so, cool. Yeah. I thought I really looked at this book before I included it because I really wanted to see what the label said. It interested me. Um, he killed it with the market report today, bro. <laughs> Woo! I didn't even have any help this week, guys. This no, I apologize. Yeah, yeah, work sucks. Usually yeah, I give probation you, sucks. you get the good yeah, ones. That's, just, that's, why, that's why they put me on probation. It's because of my, my failures. Sounds, sounds like Celebration Capcom style. <laughs> <laughs> yeah! So there's 89 hurts. Um... 2018, it was a $165 book. Last year, it went to $350. Uh, this year, it sold 10 books between $330 and $575. So this is actually the lowest sale of the year, which is nuts. Uh, maybe it just got lost in the shuffle. Who and if you get a 9.6 nine to 9.2, all sell within 20 bucks of 100 So really, you need a 9.8 or bust. Or grade your nine two if you think it's you know anywhere between nine two nine six you can get the same hundred bucks. Well, hey, so this could turn into one of those books if it, if oh. if the next thing you know, Secret Wars is the next announcement and some type of something. This book could see major value, and its nine twos and nine sixes could be at this price. into that, guys, or uh, buy the nine sixes because they're not going for a premium right now. Hell no. Can we talk about that for a second? Are we all convinced it's Secret Wars? The Heritage guys want it to be Secret Wars. This old bastard wants it to be Secret Wars. I want it to be Secret Wars if they do it like they've been doing, where they build off of the idea yeah. and, and make it work. I I, I really I mean, want that. But yes. is that just kind of like a comic nerd fantasy? Like I'll be I'll I'll have like a, a walker and, and uh, you know a, a wheelchair by the time it's on the big screen. Or could or they? Could so they? Could they actually use the, Could they use the like multiverse thing to do a Secret Wars thing? Isn't I mean I hope that that's what that is for. I really do. I I think uh, I'll regret not buying more of this stuff. The only question I have is whether or not they do within the multiverse some. Um, you know, beyonder uh, kind of character, or if they go uh, God Doom, um, that's the one that's got me scratching my head. Here's my thing, though. So Secret Wars 1 has been kind of picking up steam for a decade because everybody wants it to happen. Desperately. And, and we think back to, like, Civil War 1, it went from 0 to 100 real quick. I'm just not sure if it gets announced. There's so much supply versus demand does it have room to jump? You know, like uh, Infinity Gauntlet. There was, it only went to such a number. It are these books going to go to the number that we need them to go if we're buying it at this point? Well, that's why I like that Secret Wars two number three, the Beyonder cover. It's like the first appearance of Beyonder, that black book. Uh, now I say that, and I'm a moron. I should have ten copies of it, ninety eight already, and I don't. Uh, I think I've got one. Um, and I got a bunch of raws, but that's the one that I kind of like. If the Beyonder comes, if the Beyonder doesn't come. 
your only shot is Secret Wars number one. And then, you know, there's a second print. There's a color variation on the interior pages. And, you know, obviously there's some first appearances in uh, that run um, and in uh, Secret Wars 2. But uh, more than the spec value, I'm just desperate for that story to be told. Uh, I just think it would be really awesome. I hope so. I, I hope that they can play all these storylines into one great storyline. All right. We'll see. One more preview for you guys. Um, Marvel Previews 64 featuring uh, Shuri as the Black Panther on the back cover. Um, 230 for a 9.8. There is one nine eight and two nine sixes with a total of four graded right now. Uh, I have a feeling that's going to change. There's quite a few raws on eBay. Uh, sales have been 70 to 100, but the asking price is 150. I don't know what to think about this one. This one feels like there's more copies than you want to happen. I would have not thought anything of it until recent announcements, to be honest. Yeah, and it just happens to be back cover, so that's interesting. Uh, all I know is I, I bitched about the other day, and Topher said, just wait, is you know, my, my preview uh, newspaper of Crow 1 and or Caliber Rounds, and nobody wants to talk about it. I'm like, that's going to be a million-dollar book someday. <laughs> <laughs> million-dollar preview. Oh, <laughs> uh, fuck. If Shuri and something from I, last year has I I do love that art, dude. That is some of the best J. Scott Campbell. The art. Campbell. Um, yeah. And well, I love the, the black and white. That's the book I wish I would have bought because that thing dropped. Well, you to didn't like have 500 bucks, 600 bucks, and 9.8, I think, at one point. I wish I bought the Winter Soldier. No, time out. What are you talking about? The uh, the Winter Soldier, that one got real cheap. The, that black cat? That the Black, Black Panther variant? Yes. No, yes, dude. I swear to God, bro. I swear to God. That book, there was one copy that came up, because uh, I remember we talked about it. Uh, DeVoe loved that book, and it still sold for huge money. I want to say it was like 900 Yeah, yeah, 900 was your deal price. Was the deal price. Super deal. I was like, sure, he ain't coming back. Uh, you know, they, she didn't, they didn't uh, use her in... Uh, Endgame as Black Panther. Um, you know, she's kind of a peripheral character. Um, that's a rare book. Holy crap, is that a rare book? Um, about made Brian shit with this one. <laughs> uh, Ultimate Comics 11. This is a Whoa. Italian edition of the Divergec variant. Um, I actually couldn't find this on the census, even looking at the damn label. So I, I don't know how many copies there are. I was just intrigued by a foreign edition. This is the Italian, as I said, showing up for two forty for a nine eight. Um, I don't know if that's a strong sale, a weak sale. It just doesn't happen often, and I just thought it was worth talking about. Oh, um, with this is the Italian book. It's the wrong book. It, I, I get it now, but it looks so right? similar to the American yeah. that. It's a good buy at that hey. price to me. Not to trick your buyer, but I'm saying it looks so similar to the American that it's a good buy at that a price. A shameless plug, Matt and I really are working on an Ultimate Fallout 4 uh, foreign edition set. Well, so. So, so here's my question, I guess. Out of the blue, Paul's brain working as a subconsciousness. 
What is the second? What is number two language wise? American would be number one. Number two, what is the highest selling foreign language book? Spanish, French. You're talking in terms of publication distribution. No, no, no. no. Simply in terms of resale value. This book in example. Yeah, there's no uniform rules, I think. Are you looking for a uniform rule or just with respect to this particular book? I don't care. Either or. Whatever you want to say. American sells number one. French sells number two because it's in Canada. Spanish sells number two because it's just below it. I don't don't even track it. There's not enough sales. Yeah, there's no bright line rules, I don't think. But I can say that Panini, uh, at least from my limited knowledge, um, has a rabid fan base because they've got a lot of those uh, covers that we don't get here in the yeah. states that have people paying big big money for them. I um, think, but I think Panini is a good choice as number two. If you want, if you want some more info, tune in to Global Comic Safari in the near future. Shameless plug: Global Comic Safari is the shit. The All right, so this podcast. It, it, this, it, it's such a good podcast that it moves CGC into foreign comic collecting. <laughs> yes. It's true. Starting like from it. the bottom, now we're here. All right. This next book, I have no freaking clue what it's about. It just blew my head. It's relisted, so it must not have actually sold, but just the fact that it maybe did. Um, Wishes and Rainbow Comic, CGC 9-8, Federal Reserve, Bank of Boston. The only oh, nine eight. I've never seen that book. I give up. There is a census of eighteen one nine eight four nine sixes and a smattering of crap. It is a promo comic by the um, Boston Federal Reserve. Uh, there's a nineteen eighty one printing and a two thousand and seven edition with a different cover. I, I researched it a bit and it said there's something about introducing a colored flower into a town of no colors to represent scarce resources and trying to understand the value of them. So the giver. Kind of. And I can say I have no idea why it's selling for money. Um, So in October, a 9.6 sold for 900. A 9.0 sold in October as well for 1120 and a 9.2 sold in 2008 for 539. A certain app mentions it, which I assume happened sometime in October when these sold, but it had value two years ago. So you got me. I'm just throwing it out there. If you ever see this weird ass book, you should probably buy it. I wonder if it was like in a movie or something. Yeah, I guess I was going to say who had it on their watch list. That's what I want to (laughs) know. Steve Horton. Steve Horn. This is Topher. definitely Steve Horn and Topher Wrestling. I, I got nothing. It just uh, I saw a five thousand dollar sale and went, What? Yeah, bro. Whoa. And I researched it. And my I, went, pay grade. I don't did get it. Did it get relisted for this did the same cert get relisted? It did. There's only one nine eight, but I mean obviously some of these other ones sold. Uh, so I I don't know. It's interesting. Yeah, no, thanks for making me hip to it. And I don't know if you got to be sitting in like a, a Boston local comic shop. Yeah, if you're in Boston, you better be looking. Right? Yeah, I agree. I'll be digging yeah. in dollar bins for that, baby. Yeah, if you're in this, I think just goes to show if you're at a a, a con, if you're at a, a antique store, whatever it 
whatever you call it, and you see a book that you've never seen before and the price is right for you to just throw a couple bucks at it, it might be worth it because it could be a Wishes and Rainbows <laughs> whatever, you know. What I want to call Paul's story is Wishes and Rainbows. Did, did, you, hey. say that, did you say that's sold? It, it's no. sold, but it's relisted, so something yeah. when we keep Sounds happen, like the but... guy didn't pay for it. Are you, yeah. are you ready for this one? Uh -oh. It's it's so rare. It's so rare. Ready? I'm going to blow everybody's mind right now. Uh-oh. It's so rare that... Come on. That, did my computer break? It's so rare. That made your computer break. Uh, yeah, my, my now it's not responding because I can't see it. I mean, there's some listed online raw. Yeah, this one's like four grand. Yeah, nobody's selling them, but they're listed. Yeah. Well, I won't show it because my computer's locking up. Uh, it, it confused me. I truly just put it there. If you live in Boston or nearabouts, watch for it. Bro. A um, couple more quick books. Rare Ass L.B. Cole, Startling Terror 5. Beautiful. That's a nice-looking cover. 17 in the census. The high is 7.5, 2 blue label, and 2 restored. Only four sales on GPA ever. Four. A 6.0 in October for 18.50. A 4.5 in 2019. Um, which I didn't write the price down. And a 4.0 in uh, 2002 for $88. So, yeah, that's that's it. Uh, an LB Cole cover with four recorded fucking graded sales. Pretty strong. Yeah. I got nothing else that just blew my mind. Good uh, stuff, this, ne man. this next book is a personal tragedy. I've seen it listed. I looked at GPA and saw that the last 8.0 sold in August for 10.50, and I thought that's too high. I'm going to wait for him to lower his price. Uh, this is one of one of, <laughs> if not my favorite Captain Marvel cover. It's number Shit. four. Uh, it sold. Uh, there are only six graded higher than the 8.0s. So fuck me, 59 in the census. Somebody bought it at 1540 and is very, very happy, and I will never see it again, and I'm going to cry. I'm sorry, buddy. It's okay. I, I did it to myself. I bought something Brazilian, and I probably am crying <laughs> on the inside. Um, this is a book I just have never actually Dude, observed. I love this book. I've never had one. I've lost auctions on one. Uh, that's a crappy copy, but... Uh, Wow, is that a great price to get into a book that never comes up. I've never seen this cover. This is a rare faucet horror book. Bob Powell cover. 21 in census. A 9-4 is the highest. Probably a file copy of some kind. Time Traveler. There is, it's pretty much in range with the grade, but if you actually look based on the census... The same copy sold last year for four fifty eight. So somebody lost fifty bucks auctioning it. So I'm sorry for them, but you can't find it. So no. it is an intriguing cover. Never, every time I see it, it's like two Gs. Two, G's. yeah. You know what I mean? I mean, if you go to and the that's four, like, that's like once a year it comes up. Well, there's only twenty graded, and if you go to the four, it's up well above a thousand real quick. So. Uh, the last slide I only include because you know I love Frazetta, and we talked about oh, the dude, same. We talked about I, these same two books six weeks ago. Maybe seven. I love it, man. Love it. It was the exact same comparison, same books, 
And I just was intrigued by seeing a different grade range. Uh, so I, I'd like, uh, shame on me for not having these. Of the uh, 211 sold for 785. Um, and the last sale for that book, I pulled up the old data, was in March for 640. So it, it came up a bit, but that's the March dip. Uh, this freaking Red Planet one, a 3 0 for 1230. That is so sexy, man. That Which is one of your the favorite? sexiest covers. Neither of these. I like the red more than I like the yellow. Yellow is one of the weakest, to my opinion. But yeah, uh, but I mean, which which number is your favorite? I like the uh, sixteen, which is the green background on the the octopus. Mm. That's a good one. Dude. And then I like I like the There's... underwater cover, which I think is twelve or thirteen, maybe. They're uh, I I fear that they are slowly becoming next to damn impossible to put together this run i mean i know people that have spent like what they spent longer putting together this run than i've collected it uh, took me quite a few years and i mine is at my best copies of four i've got quite a few in that two to 1.5 range so that i i will tell you the first uh the first um, Baltimore Comic Con I went to it was Leg and uh, Trey and I and a couple other guys I eyed the uh, the one with the black background, the red dress and this flying saucer Yeah, there was a beautiful raw copy maybe 9294 Jesus and I talked about it and Trey's like why don't you buy it and I said I don't know if the upside's there because there's file oh. copies it's confusing and I go oh I should have bought it now wow it's a weird book because the early couple have a lot of file copies and the late couple don't. They're also uh, incredibly awesome. They're some of the prettiest books you'll get in comics. So that, that spacecraft right there that Frazetta drew is absolutely amazing. That is super sexy, man. Remember, you- Brian K. Vaughn's doing uh, the screenwriting for the forthcoming Buck Rogers television show. I don't think these books are going to get any cheaper because. Guys like us uh, who just aren't as hip to Golden Age stuff are going to be buyers soon on that crap. Yep. Well, so you remember last week I showed that Buck Rogers uh, serial one, the, the 1933 one? Yeah. And at the time I had not connected it. And I'm like, oh, shit, they're all selling all those uh, Kellogg's promos from 1933 because that's like the first comic-ish type thing. And they've been flying, man. Yeah. Yep. I will probably have to grade mine now, even though I wasn't planning on it. Good stuff, man. I'm glad you got one. Well, so here's my question, Z. You grade it now versus, like, when does CDC bump your fees as the value? Do you know what I mean? It depends. They don't They don't track it that closely. Yeah, they don't, yeah, they don't give a shit. You just have to uh, appropriately value your comics. God forbid something terrible happens. Because you don't want to be the guy who they're like, oops, sorry. Uh, you valued your comic at $200. Here's 200 bucks. Yep. Yeah, I was, right. I was at a live drop-off, and I dropped off a bone one, and I paid for standard grading because I was a good citizen. And, and the girl's like, didn't you mean not to be modern? I went, yeah, so I just uh, – and you're going to – I just sent in um, a giant size X-Men one from the murder house, uh, two copies of the uh, – 
Cyber Force 2077 and an Outlawed One, which I finally graded because people stopped crying about that book being expensive. Um, I paid for Express, which is like nine days for the giant size X-Men one because uh, I valued it at two grand. And um, standard for each of those modern books, um, hoping that I was going to get them back before Christmas so I could pop them off, um, you know, before the Christmas kind of thing went crazy. Of course, they got held up, mail, all that kind of stuff, CGC delays, and I didn't get to do it. But I don't regret doing that. I mean, I paid this much more, and I'll actually have all those books back in a reasonable amount of time. Yeah, and this is a perfect segue because this is exactly what I did with these, Nico. These are all instantly going up tonight. Nice. You know what I mean? Um, all right, so let's get into this. Here's the first book. Uh, sorry, two of these aren't. Two of these are, are somebody else's. These are Matt's from the comic, Modern Comic Mayhem. He got a 9.2 on this Marvel Secret Wars, which is nice. Um, you gotta love that. Sorry, guys, I deal with these fucking bags. Yeah, that's worth not cracking out. Yeah. That's near mint. Man. All right, this is another one of his that was really nice. I, I was really hoping he was going to 9.8 on this. This is a oh, 301.96. Yeah. Inches. Not bad. Not bad at all, dude. Um, beautiful book. So I, I The think book commands serious money in 9.8. Yeah. Yeah. Um, all right. So the rest of these are mine. These would, are, you, would you resubmit? No, not on those. I mean, maybe. I don't know. Maybe. I don't know. Maybe. maybe. I probably yeah. would. All right. So this is nice. Uh, uh, by the way, these all went to Sean. Uh, uh, I do know the grades on these, so it's not a big surprise. A couple of these are definitely going, getting cracked out and going right back to Sean. So, all right, this is uh, yeah. a nice one. Uh, oh, Teen Titans uh, 21. I've been looking for one of those. Yeah. So bang, bang. Eight. Yep, so that was nice. That's uh, like a $1,200 comic, right? 900 I don't know what it's going uh, to be. I don't know. That's a great question. I think they're nine. I think they're nine hundred. I think I was looking at last time. This one, I was really hoping to get a higher grade on, but I'm I'm okay with it. It might be a crackout. I don't know. Um, Evil Ernie, a number one, dude, nine point yeah, two. I love that one, dude. Yeah, that is a shout out, Brian Polito. Man, uh, I love this character. I really love this character. I really wish I could find the uh, Malibu Sun number eight, which is the, basically this cover. And yes. it's so hard to find. Yeah, absolutely. It is, even harder to find, it is even harder to find than another book you're going to see in this lot. Yeah. So. Hey, yeah. Uh, you can 600 bucks all day from the Teen Titans 12. Uh, you can buy. You can buy. Yeah. Not I don't know if I'd buy it 600, but we're also right. like 120. These, uh, here's, a, here's, here's, a, here's a couple nice ones that will go up. So there you go. Red Hood first. Hell yeah, dude. I love that book. And dude, it's, it's that book not cheap. Fire. Yeah. So. Uh, I've had those. These are all books that I've had forever, and I just never graded. You know what I mean? So and uh, got got dose on those guys. Oh no shit! So, nice, yeah. dude. Yeah, you hit that at the right time. Holy Christ! With all the right. red hood stuff, I got lucky on that. Woo. Um, so those are going up. Buy it now. <laughs> Here we go. So that Malibu Sun Eight Evil Ernie is tougher to find than this one. So uh, I didn't get the nine book. eight. I really thought I might get a nine. I was hoping for a nine six, but nine two. Oh, they uh, created that not, thing top, dude. Yeah, it, it is the uh, regular cover. Shout out John Z. You uh, you have any concept of of what's wrong there from the greater notes or? Uh, they didn't give me any greater notes on anything under nine two. I don't think. That, it was really weird, man. Yeah, I'd be cracking those suckers out and sending them back. I wonder if this the press is, 
I wonder if he just did a quick press and not a long press and they sat there long enough. I mean, some books, no matter how long you press them, they need to be pressed twice because it just takes like a couple of months and the, the, the papers ha paper has memory. It just yeah. comes back. So this one really hurt because I thought this one was guaranteed a 9-8 and uh, Send it, back. it came back an 8-5. I got Holy greater shit. notes on it. I got greater notes on it. It says finger bends and this and that and it also says it's got a water stain so it probably is what you uh, said. The water stain it didn't sit long enough in the press so i'll have sean take a look at it tell me what he thinks um if it's a water stain you usually get those out um, yeah exactly so uh this one is the one of the two that is for sure getting cracked so that won't be selling i wonder why he wouldn't have added moisture though that's the only thing that scares me when it says water stain yeah this one is uh, another one that I might crack. That kind of hurt. Dude, I had a 9-8 of that book. Remember, that was the first CBSI uh, grading club book. Yeah. Do you have any I concept of why? Here, you know, in a 9-8 CBCS. Yep. Any concept of why on the 9-4? don't know. It doesn't say – it didn't say anything on – oh. It didn't say anything on this one. And, and that's what sucks, man. Like – some of these books that you think are such high grade and, and they come back being low grade, like Sean says, this one was perfect timing. Uh, uh, bang, bang. Iron Man 7, 9, 8. Yeah. Boom. Yeah. So that one's a nice one to get out right out the door quick. Uh, there we go. This is uh, a nice one, but I wish it would have been better. Oh, uh, yeah. A, this is a fifth print. This is a, yeah, fifth print. You were hoping of, for a 9.9 nine or what? Well, I'll show you what was I hoping it was better. I was hoping because I figured I figured this was a 9.8. I figured the third print was a 9.8. And I figured that this one was a 9.8. This one hurt. There's the no. first print, 9.6. No. So I think send, this might get cracked. Back, yeah, this might get cracked. In, in I the mean, press. you're looking at like very minor, if they're modern books. You got yeah. it's not you know what I mean send them back. Yeah, and so this was nice. Uh, I got a bunch of these, and I just sent one in to test the waters, and they're all nice. So I'm hoping a bunch of these come back ninety. That's an undervalued book, in my opinion. I, I that's one I'm just holding. I, I wish I would have held more copies of it. It makes no sense that they, right before um, the Ultimate Fallout Four went nuts, it was that book was the same price as the first print, and then yeah. the first print went bonkers. It makes no sense to me that that book's not at least, I don't know, half price, the same price. This is the nice one that came back. I wish it would have came back a little sooner, but I think I got it in time. And this one's Damn. Right, yeah, right out the door. So uh, let's see what... Let's What's that thing selling for now? 2500 or No, no, no. Like 1500 I think... Oh, they're down. Think, yeah, it, it dropped, but but you, you don't know. Hey, <laughs> hey buddy. Yeah. Uh, it would have been nice. Are there any 9.8s on eBay? Once, uh, one bid sold for pretty cheap recently. And no I shit. think that, I think it's kind of the, might be the December type thing. Yeah, there's one on MCS right now. Yeah. So it's got to be on eBay. How much? 1400 on MCS and probably oh, like wow. 1500 on eBay. All right. So uh, well, here is a, shit. here's another one. This is 1750. Uh, mm. This is the uh, second printing, uh, Batman 608, 9.8, which is nice. This, um, this oh, print yeah, did pass. Oh, yeah, that looks beautiful. 
Yeah, this didn't pass a pre-screen a couple months, like six months back. So I just sent it to Sean and, and got it pre and threw a press in and tried it again. So yeah, you can't buy that outlawed for less than seventeen fifty on eBay right now. Oh, I wouldn't wow. worry about it. Yeah. Okay. okay All it's going to take is one sale. I, I think. Uh, moving yeah. Business. Yeah. Uh, I'll be ha I'll be honest. If I can get twelve to fifteen hundred for it, I'm happy. Oh no way. I mean, yeah. I mean, yeah. I mean, I, I'm happy. PayPal friends and family. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, this one's nice. Uh, 9.8 on the Shuri. This is I have two of these now, so I think Boom. there's already I already have one up, but this this will be you know if I can get rid of both of them, it'll be nice. Strong. Um, there we go. What do we got here? This what a great this submission, a man. This was a bummer, man, and I don't know about this one yet either. I got to really look at it. Uh, Marvel point one, the second printing, Jesus uh, Christ. Dude, yeah. you gotta send that back. Yeah. Hey, and for the yeah. record, that thing's a fucking nightmare because it's giant size. Yeah, it's worth rolling the dice. Yeah, some of these are definitely you know I got I just got to take a really good look at them. That's a big book now, man. Holy Christ, it's uh it's way more than the first print, and that price stuck. This one really hurt, dude. This one's for sure the second book that I said I was gonna crack. Uh, I, th there is greater notes on this, which is interesting. Um, and mm. it just says rippling, rippling in the cover. Uh, yeah. And I'll so I think it just needs up. to be re yeah, repressed. Um, so this is that Ahsoka Forces of Destiny anime oh, yeah. cell variant it's, from San Diego. Yeah. Was that the SBCC? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, crack so, that, Jesus. I don't have on. any of those. For all the Star Wars books I have, I have zero copies of that book. Dude, this is a tough book, man. This is a, it's a, it's a, what do they call that? Where it's on both sides. What do they call that? I'm gonna say connector, but it's a, like a yeah. Like a... yeah, yeah, yeah. Anyways, the chat will Sorry. tell us. Uh, it's it's uh, the cover is uh, on both. So anyway, wrap around cover. Wrap around. Thank you, sir. Jesus, it's been a long day for the both of us. Yeah. Um, all right, we're getting close to the end here. All right, let's see here. This is a good one. So a quick, probably be a quick sale, right? Avengers six eighty four, that Immortal Hulk stuff. That might be a hold. There's I mean, that's that's I cheap right now. I, I, I got four or five of those sitting in a box. So here's I'm in, legitimately, I'm in yeah, legitimately with the Immortal Hulk stuff. I don't see how they don't kill him in uh, how Hawkeye or Kate Bishop doesn't kill him on the screen, and they don't bring him back and do Immortal Hulk as a TV show. You can call me a conspiracy theorist, and I have zero copies of Immortal Hulk. Okay, none. I don't have the Green Door and none of that crap. But that just makes good sense to me that they do that. And here was the one that I really wanted to hit on the most. I didn't hit on it, um, but I'm not surprised. It's a tough book. It's a really tough book, but I didn't do bad on it. And it's the Sandman 75 second print. Oh shit! Yeah. So nine six on that. I was really hoping to pull off a Stein and, and score a 9 8. Did you get greater notes on that? No greater notes on this one. Uh, you got to take a look at it. Well, those, here it is. Here it is. This is the reason why. And I knew, uh, and I knew this going in. See if you can take. see this. Hold on here. Yeah, you definitely can't see it. Yeah, it's but, hard. But I believe you. Yeah, there's, there's just uh, a little you, color breaking. That's it. Jesus. One little color breaking tick on that guy. That's yeah. an on site. Ugh. That's an on site switch. Such a tough book too because it has like the. Bro. I think it has something in it that kind of. Yeah, absolutely. There's an insert. There's an insert in it. Yeah, that makes it really. I've never even seen one in person. 
Yeah, so it's like one of those books that I look at in every comic shop I go to, right? And I've never seen one. Yeah, yeah. And, and so the good thing about this is I have probably like five books that I can sell hopefully quickly. One of those books will pay for the order. And then the other one, oh, another book will pay for some of the crackouts and resales. And then the rest will just yeah. be profit. That, I, I, I think that's the key to any CGC submission. You have one book that you're one to two books you're confident in that will pay for at least the submission. And then you're in gravy land and you yeah. can't lose. If that's your mentality, that's your, your business model. You're good. Yeah, the, yeah. For me, like the key to CGC is constant submissions, which I don't do a good job of, but if I'm doing it regularly, I'm so much happier because there's always money coming in um, Two subbing books that I'm not going to sell right as soon as they come back and forcing myself to have them already done, you know, uh, and stick them in a box, right? Like I got to chew one, nine, eight. I ain't selling that. Nobody wants that book right now. Yep. Uh, but it's a big book. Uh, it has huge upside potential. It just goes in a box like books like that, subbing them too, and, uh, not being afraid to resubmit, um, and not just throwing away books and selling them for crap prices because I'm pissed off at what they come back as, which I'm also guilty of. I do it all the freaking time. And uh, I hope you learn from my poor decision-making and don't do that and, uh, make the concerted effort to resub the ones that matter. Yeah, I agree 100% with books that you're selling. If they're books that you're selling, I agree 100%. And even books that you really want in 9.8, sometimes it's worth resubbing. Oh, yeah. Um, uh, but, you know, there's. I, I used to be one of those people who used to say, I don't care what it comes back, I'm keeping it. I don't care what it comes back. After like five or six submissions of, of that, I went, I completely became a 9.8 sub. Completely. You know what I mean? So it's it's everybody's different. But with the stuff that you're selling, yeah, I'll take your advice all day, man. So, good anybody stuff. else get any good pickups? Strong. Um, I'll go next. Okay. So, um, I hope uh, I hope Secret Wars happens. Mm. Because uh, yeah, yep. Well done, sir. Well, I mean, it's no big deal. It's like you know, AIDS and you know, whatever you know. Yeah. So. Not bad. Uh. No, Nico. Nico's gonna cry, but I'll say this for last so he can cry. Uh, it happens. It, I'm a sad boy too. It's not the foil. Doesn't matter, bro. That's a, That's tough, a bad book, dude. Tough, tough book. Especially my professor actually has my copy of that book that I gave to him, and I don't remember what that key gave back to me or something. But yeah. uh, because I value and love my uh, presser for treating me with kindness, it is impossible to find. They never come up. Well done. And then, um, well, put that back up. Let's explain to everybody what that is because a lot of people don't realize that what that is. That's the G.I. Joe from the Devil's Due series, the Image Devil's Due run. That is Renegar. The number 21 Renegar variant. From no, uh, there's another one that's the foil variant that this well, is embossed and foiled. Yeah, hold on. So okay. I have, I have. Three of the foil variants raw. Jesus I have two in 9.8. I have an air in a 9.6, and I have like seven of these right here. This book is the Renegar variant, and they did a very special. They did a very special variant of this that is foil, and most of the foil were not stamped on top of it very good. Mm -hmm. So it's tough to get those in high grades. And this is Michael Turner artwork of the very famous Snake Eyes Storm Shadow 
uh, first meeting, and it's a, a silent issue also. It's beautiful. So it's an homage to the original 21 mm. cover and interior. So, I'm going to have to break down and try to buy one on eBay. I never see them ever, ever, ever. The last one I got, I bought from eBay. I bought that one on eBay. You know what uh, I mean? I uh, and I sniped this one. Me and Nico talked about it, and he goes, "If you don't buy it, I'm gonna buy it." So, oh, I looked for this book legitimately for seven months and found zero copies. Dino and one of my friends uh, grabbed a copy each in the last seven days. Um, And I looked at the back of this because the back's a dark cover too. It's nine eight, dude. That's a tough book, dude. That's a real tough book. Um, should I say how much I bought it for, or is it people no. gonna cry? We think people are gonna cry. I'll cry. I bought it for a dollar. Exactly. <laughs> I'm joking. I didn't buy it for a dollar. <laughs> so um, that's all I have. Um, I do have, I do have pickups in the mail. Um, they're they're stuck in the mail. I have at least two two books maybe in the mail. So. Is it one in fifty? Is it one in fifty or one in twenty-five, Nico? I think it's one in twenty-five. Mm. I think it's a tw- one in twenty-five. I think it could be one in fifty from JJ Maxwell. That's a cool-looking book. It is. It's um, it's it's tough, man. It's JG Jones did this. So, and he, is it thirteen? Like way back in thirteen? Because that's what the yeah, that's a tough book, dude. It's a really tough book. Oh, it's cool shit. That's all you got. Anybody else? I got I got one pickup. Uh, sticking to our homage to our show's uh, origins of Flipside, I have the uh, Teenage. I'm reading the title: Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Uh, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles Triceratons Flying Harness Miniatures by Dark Horse. So these are the um, 21 millimeter pewter figures and they have this in the turtles as well as other characters so i picked it up for really cheap in my opinion i think it went for way less than what it's worth sealed and these are the like warhammer 4000 or whatever 40,000 that the figures you see here you know guys painting their basements and stuff but um i picked that up i just thought it was cool i just opened it if you saw me working in the background uh, it has a sticker on it for four bucks, <laughs> um, but uh, just something cool off the beaten path. Um, it's funny that you bring up. those up, Paul, because uh, the Mayhem guys on Saturday night had um, had a, uh, somebody on that was talking about those figures for old school uh, for tabletop games and how the, nice. even the, the new ones are worth a ton of money, like and and how the yeah. value works on them, and it was really interesting to hear like those things are really not just collectible they they go for a, a pretty penny i knew a guy he uh, i knew a guy he used to get into it like he actually painted stuff in his basement like all the pewter ones it was dope like anybody did a youtube series like he would stream it and stuff it was dope yeah yeah it's it's uh so if you google you know whatever your your niche is I, I, I think my limited knowledge understanding is 21 millimeter figures or whatever is this pewter stuff that's the same as Warhammer, the tabletop games and stuff that uh, is raw and then people paint them. But um, I saw those. I want to, you know, want it on a low bid and went for it. So 
Not bad, well done, sir. Not bad. Nico, you got anything? Yeah, the only, uh, I mean, I got another box of crap over here, but we'll, uh, I don't want to belabor the point. Um, I grabbed uh, a rack of these, uh, as many as I could find from the same source. Uh, that is Fantastic Four 353. It's the first appearance of uh, Mr. M. Mobius, uh, who's going to be uh, Owen Wilson. Wow. Yeah. On the Loki series. Um, yeah. I like I'll keep those. picking those up. Yeah. Not bad. Not bad at all. All right, guys. Uh, thank you for everybody who joined us tonight in the live chat. We want to remind everybody to like, subscribe. Make sure you hit the bell. There are tons of new videos coming from all different types of content every day. Um, we have a lot of plans for the new year. And, uh, yeah, we're, we're really looking forward to this next year. And we, we appreciate everybody. Um, make sure you guys, uh, you know, be safe for the holidays. Be around the ones you love. And other than that, we appreciate you. Adios. Merry Christmas.